I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. And you're listening to Two, Two Average, Average Girls. Girls. Hello. Happy Tag Tuesday. Happy Tag Tuesday. We're <laughs> getting ready for Halloween. It's right around the corner. Are you dressing up this year? Oh, you know me. I dress up every year. I lo- <laughs> Listen, if there's a reason to dress up, yeah. I'm in. Okay. Are you going to tell us what you're going to be? Um, I don't I don't really have... I, I bought something a while ago that is just this big black netted kind of skirt okay so not you're not dressing up as like freddy krueger it's not something specific you're just dressing up kind of spooky no i like to dress up i mean i don't have a husband that dresses up with me mm-hmm. you know like some couples are like into it yep not here right. so you guys just dress up every year well yeah every year we go to this this costume party that our long long time friends always have they they do their house up crazy i mean it's like a it's a theme every year it's a haunted mansion one year it was a twilight zone house he just goes all out the husband does so we have to dress up in costume to go to the party you i would be motivated for that yeah. I, I keep getting invited to parties no offense to my friends who have invited us because we like getting invited over there but it there's no real prizes and everybody's not really going all out, right? Like it's right. like they found something like, you know, in their in their old box of clothes from the Goodwill <laughs> that they're going to throw on for 80s night, right? You right, know? right, right. To me, what Halloween represents isn't just about getting candy, although it is a good sidekick, right? Mm-hmm. That's a good get extra. Right. What it really does is it brings all the kids together face to face, being kind of silly and fun. Yeah. And going around your neighborhood and seeing your neighbors that you never see any other time. Right. And I don't know, maybe some people don't have a place where they can go. Even most churches are doing trunk or treating. Yes, they are. So it's kind of the same idea, right? You just all get together. Don't be a a Debbie Downer. Mm -hmm. Dress up, people. Do something fun. For sure. Get out there and have some Halloween fun. Okay, I will. I hear you. I will. I know. (laughs) Well, that is pretty much the best segue we could possibly do for our guest today. We have got somebody that I have always thought was fascinating. And I really love the fact that she loves Halloween more than I do. (laughs) <laughs> more than most more than most mm-hmm. she is i would call her the queen of halloween there are many queens of halloween are there yes i only know are. one and it's you uh, no so you're my favorite oh bless you there are many queens of halloween there, out there. Are. everyone loves halloween no one loves it the most it belongs to everybody it belongs it's a community ho- holiday right it yeah. really is mm-hmm. it really is well we have Kristen lawrence i'm Hello. gonna call you the queen of halloween huh. how do you how do you like to Go, what do you like to go by for Halloween? I mean, if you're introducing yourself. Kristen. Chris, Kristen. I, <laughs> I'm Kristen. Come on. Let's think of something better uh. than that. <laughs> no. The, the eternal identity is very <laughs> important. Yes. <laughs> so let, let's just start out and tell everybody, what is Halloween to you? Why is Halloween so important to you? Or why do you like it so much? Do you have a week? <laughs> we do. We actually do. <laughs> well, let's see. To start off with, I felt the magic. Everyone feels the magic of Halloween when they're little kids. Right. Mm-hmm. At least Americans do. Mm-hmm. And now the rest of the world is catching on. And I'm happy for children in are other they, countries. Are, that are, oh, yes. I didn't know that. And, uh, I'll well, I'll segue to, um, I'll jump forward a bit and then go back. I was at a, a music conference, and I like to ask people from foreign countries, hey, has Halloween come into your uh, country? And about mm, five years ago or so, I was talking with an Italian, chatty, chat, chat, and I said, hey, have, have Halloween celebrations come to Italy? And he says, and his eyes got big, and he says, yes. Oh. He says, just last year. I said, really? He says, yes. Kids were trick-or-treating porch to porch door to door and I said 
did the people at each door know what to do? And he says, no, (laughs) children had to teach them. And I said, where did the children learn? Can you guess? Where did the children learn about Halloween? Social media. American movies. American movies, sure. Sure. There's a ton of them. You've got E.T. with it, Mm -hmm. and then Mr. Mom, and um, Charlie, Tim Burton's Charlie and the Chocolate, or that would be Willy Wonka and the Charlie at the Factory. He had a little Halloween scene, and then you have Nightmare Before Christmas, like fully dedicated films, Hocus Pocus, both of those were in 1993. So the Halloween through film has been, because everyone watches American films, and Anyway, so that was really fun, but yeah, it's it's a for me at least, it's a childhood thing. Mm. I felt now as an adult, I can put adult words to my childish, childish, childlike feelings. It was surreal. Mm. There was a surrealness on Halloween night. You get you get to be outside at night, walking around. That's not always so normal for no. a child, no. right? Mm-mm. And you are in a costume. Right. So, so depending on what you are, but you, you're a new identity for the night. You get to try on, how would I think as this person? And I, I feel like it connects you with, it's that community thing. It connects you with different people and to step into their shoes, literally in a costume, and think like they think. And, and then just going, I still remember, it's a very um, sensory experience really Halloween night mm-hmm. and I still remember going porch to porch in my childhood neighborhood smelling the heat the heated scent of the jack-o'-lanterns oh I loved that smell the the wax and the candly smoky and then the pumpkin kind of cooking on so even porch. as a child oh yeah you you did you think about it then or did it is it something that you thought about after the fact because mm. that's pretty observant yeah well i don't know i just know it was stored in there right yeah. and now i'm dipping into what was stored as a child was halloween something you looked forward to every year like you would plan on your costume you'd do the whole bit yeah yeah my mom had the most wonderful decorations oh, in our house growing up mm-hmm. <gasps> she had this old ceramic white ghost and it was set on top of a light bulb and so its eyes would glow yes and then she had a couple of other little ceramic pumpkins and they would glow too and i distinctly remember our house um it was in an um in tustin and it had a, a front room that would be dark when we would go about our evening activities we were usually in the kitchen and in the den where the lights were on and sometimes the lights in the front room weren't on and so these halloween decorations with their glowing (laughs) eyes would be on in the dark room and i remember dancing just by myself in that dark front room around these Halloween decorations. Sometimes there was music, sometimes there was not. Uh, my parents had great records of um, Beethoven and um, Not on Bald Mountain. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so, yeah, it was, so, you know, sensory. My, my ears were drinking it and my <clears throat> nose was drinking it and my taste, the candy. And, you know, you start off as a kid with the pun- the plastic pumpkin yep. uh, containers. But then when you're a teenager, what do you graduate to? Your pillowcase. Yes. The, the XL. <laughs> That's right. Right. That's right. You know, and, and when you're a teenager, you go further and further into, you know, distant neighborhoods. Yeah. And you get to the point where you are slinging yes. that pillowcase <laughs> over your shoulder. And it is genuinely Heavy. Yeah. yeah. You're like some kind of robber, right? Right. In the, in the old movies where you've got this big heist that you've made. And then what about when you got home? You pour it all oh, out mm-hmm. and you segregate it all, like all the mm-hmm. Snickers. Yeah. And then you get all the stuff you don't like and you mm-hmm. give it to your mom and dad. They take it to work. They take it to work or whatever, they, you know, and you count them. Yeah. Well, and out of love. We would give our Butterfingers to our dad because he loved Butterfingers so much. It gave, I remember feeling such pleasure at knowing that I was giving something back to my dad. That's awesome. That was making him happy. That's so sweet. Yeah. (laughs) That's so sweet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I would trade, trade with my siblings, right? But then I remember um, my everyone had, I'm learning this. Let me, I would, I'm curious Mm -hmm. about you as Mm -hmm. you two as well. 
everyone seems to have a scent, a particular scent that they associate with Halloween. For hmm. me, it's peanut butter and chocolate. Oh, okay. Because of Reese's, Reese's candy, right? Yeah. And my pillowcase would smell like Reese's, Reese's peanut, peanut butter. butter. And maybe that's the smell I noticed because it was my favorite Halloween candy. Maybe. And so to this day, I associate Halloween with peanut butter and chocolate. And in fact, the last few years, I've started a tradition. It, it only started with some friends maybe four years ago. Um, I, I was celebrating with some friends in Huntington Beach. And... Um, there was a Baskin Robbins 31 flavors, and I discovered that night that Baskin Robbins gives dollar scoops on the 31st. I didn't um, know that. No. <laughs> uh, oh, my mind yes! is blown. Yes. And it's so, like, let me, let me figure this out for just a second. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 31 flavors. Halloween is on the 31st. And by yeah. the way, another subject entirely, to me, 31 is kind of a holy number. Right? Oh, it is. Yeah. Like when my friends would turn 31 for their birthdays, I would save a pumpkin from the previous Halloween on top of my fridge, and I would carve a 31 into it for their birthdays and give it to them. Yes, 31 is a special year. Anyway, so I discovered that night that Baskin (laughs) Robbins has 31 flavors in his dollar. So I would get all the peanut butter chocolate combinations in a bowl and that's how I've been celebrating. And I love walking around neighborhoods. I love ice cream. That's amazing. I love peanut butter chocolate ice cream. Absolutely. This might have to be a new tradition. So do you guys have a scent that you associate? I started thinking about the... When you said pumpkins and the smell of the mm. the pumpkins being lit, that is super, that would trigger, right? Uh-huh. But candy corn, oh. the smell of candy corn for me is as soon as I see candy corn in the store, and it could be in July, <laughs> if I, <laughs> yeah. I have to buy it. Yeah. Oh. It's not even my favorite, but I just <laughs> love the whole idea Okay. of it right yeah, I like yeah. the whole yeah. the whole I, I literally will take the bag and I will yeah. open it and I'm like oh and it lasts through to Thanksgiving it does because it, it, it's it kind la- of a pilgrim candy too yeah it's yeah, it really is a pilgrim candy yeah, yeah. It, candy corn yeah it's supposed to look like corn yeah but it okay but it doesn't it, no, no, no. no I, it does. Did you see on the internet? There's yes. a, a meme of a picture where yes. they, they do it vertically into oh. a, like a cylinder. Oh. And when you think of it, it's a kernel. Oh. And you and you stuck Ta-da. on, it's a corn on the cob. Look yeah. at what I'm learning. Yeah. See, I when you no have idea. a podcast, and, and I'm curious you about your flavors of choice. Um, this is important. It is. my. I'm also a candy corn person. My son and I started this tradition when he was probably two or three, just really, really young. Mm-hmm. My husband always had meetings on Thursday night. So he and I would lay in bed and watch movies in my bed, which is that, like that, I don't want to say that wasn't allowed, but he didn't come that wasn't normal bed for and yeah it was like a special occasion whatever so we would lay in the big bed and <laughs> we would eat candy corn oh. and that's just it's right before oh. halloween but we would sit there and eat candy corn of course we'd stick it in the front so it looked like a tooth and we'd make <laughs> each other laugh and take pictures so candy corn is a big is a big mm. part of my whole halloween gig um also just just chocolate yeah the smell oh, of chocolate yes it's so great it's a vital nutrient it really is <laughs> a vegetable it is a vegetable, is a vegetable. <laughs> candy corn and that's true good point no i know it, yeah it's yeah. my inside costume <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> i decorate my insides with chocolate with chocolate and candy corn <laughs> i love it do you walk around neighborhoods still for halloween yes with kids, with adults, no, with whom? I observe. I we mean, if observe. I'm if if there's a year, if if there's some kids around, great. But I usually just go for a walk by myself and taking the kids. Just look at the and I love hearing the distant doorbells. Ah, uh-huh. and a distant trick or treat. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I right. love that. And I just I do too. I take in the atmosphere, and I think I just vicariously live through the children yeah you'll never get that same magic back no but it's okay yeah you can you can feel it vicariously and you can try to provide that for the next generations you know what when you said that that is probably one of the my my most favorite things about halloween is hearing the joy in Mm -hmm. kids and you hear them running from house to house you can hear the feet (laughs) you can hear the candy shaking around in their pillowcases or whatever Mm -hmm. and when they get there they're so excited yeah yeah and you usually hear parents going hey back away back away you know like because they're they're ready to go in yeah that's the scary part right because they're all in it's really literally 
some people are a little opposed to the scariness of it. Oh, I've got things to say. But yeah, <laughs> and, and, and let's talk about it because there's been, a, you know, they instead of saying it's a Halloween party, it's a harvest festival or whatever, oh. which I think is good. But again, I've never related Halloween to evil. No, I've only no. related it to positivity, community, joy, yes, and fun. And so... Ta-da! What do you have? Am I speaking s- your language? Yes. Yes. The Halloween, historical Halloween, was all about warding away evil. the evil. So it wasn't about worshiping evil. No. Or becoming evil. No. It was. Tell us all a little bit about, about it because I I did oh. do read a little bit about you that you you discovered your love and passion for Halloween when you were abroad studying abroad. The childhood memories came back to me. I, okay. (laughs) She's really excited right now. My heart is so full. I wish we had this on (laughs) On YouTube. Yeah, Yeah, I wish we were actually, normally we don't want to because we don't have makeup on and we're in our pajamas. Uh, I think we look like three very attractive witches. (laughs) Three great witches. I love being called a witch because I've been called way worse. And (laughs) if you want to call me a witch, I'm all about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Where were you studying abroad? So, okay. So I went to BYU, Brigham Mm -hmm. Young University in Provo, Utah to study organ performance and pedagogy and wait mm-mm. wait you got to stop wait okay. I, I heard organ I, yeah i heard organ studies what is organ pedagogy? performance mm-hmm. and pedagogy so what? the art of teaching like a pedagogue like oh. ichabod crane in the legend of sleepy hollow yeah. was a pedagogue and washington irving the author of the legend of sleepy hollow uses that word he's pedagogue that is an actual major I mean, oh, I didn't. Pedagogy, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, the art of teaching. Oh, yeah, the uh-huh. art of teaching music. Yeah. Music, the art of teaching music. Yeah. So I study wow. performance. So look at I, us. We are learning we're like, so oh, much. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the art of organ perform. It's a two part. So mm-hmm. art of performing. I learn how to be a good performer, and then I learn how to teach it. Okay. Did you yeah. go to school originally to do that? Did you go to school and say I want to learn I'm going to major in music or did you say I'm going to major in organ music oh organ it was yeah I I took I started taking organ lessons when I was 12 I was a tall kid I reached my present height I'm five foot nine Mm -hmm. I reached my present height in about I think I was in seventh grade yeah. Wow. Six or seven. I used to get mm-hmm. teased. If I would ever sure. wear anything remotely dressy to school, like a skirt and a nice top, kids would call me substitute teacher. Oh, no. Yeah, because oh. I looked like an adult. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, I know. It's weird. So we all just have different ways of growing up. So those were part of my <laughs> yeah. little, you know, satchel of issues. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, got it. <laughs> Unpack that bag. You know, I'll just sling it over my shoulder. Yeah, we all along with the heavy. candy. Right, right. <laughs> Sweeten it with the candy. Right. But, um, so my legs were long enough to reach the pedals mm. on the organ. So I took lessons starting at age 12, and I took them in a cathedral by, you know, I want to call him Bach reincarnate, Robert Cummings. He was my organ teacher. He's a composer. He's a Pulitzer Prize nominated composer. Wow. Yeah, he's, he improvises fugues. What does that mean? Um, a fugue is a type of composition mm-hmm. where you start with a, like, okay, um, the most popular fugue relating to Halloween is the Toccata and Fugue in D minor. Um, you, you, the Toccata starts off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's the Toccata. That. That's, that's our language right there. Okay. If, you, if you say it, we understand <laughs> okay. it. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> and then the fugue is. So he adds a little something to right? it. And you're saying he uh, improvises. He improvises. That. So a fugue, that was the subject. And then it comes in in another voice so you have two voices right and then the pedal comes in so you learned from the master basically oh my goodness yeah so he can improvise one of those things yeah he's so i took lessons at the holy family cathedral in orange yeah right across from heart park yes yeah and um and of course, I was a very passionate, undisciplined 12-year-old who loved music. And I didn't learn, I didn't discipline myself to really, truly practice mechanically well until I was in college. But mm. I would always just do, oh, I love this song so much. And I just blast it the best I could and be sloppy. And I never, <laughs> but that was the love. And I think it's okay. And I had a very kind teacher at BYU, Parley Belknap 
who, and I was embarrassed when I first got to college because I said, oh, I'm so unprepared for college. I had no idea. I just loved organ music. And he was so kind. He was the kindest pedagogue out there. <laughs> and he said, but he said, Kristen, your teacher when you were a teenager, Bob Cummings, he taught you how to love music. And it's hard to it's hard to learn that. If yeah, you don't you have that, you're not that. gonna be able to right. really get into the mechanics because right. he, he nurtured to have that love. It. He fostered it. Yeah. It's it's it, it was there and he guided my love for music. But he would he would kind of tease me like dangle a carrot. He says, I always knew the reward for practicing would be being able to blast on that pipe organ. <laughs> he would turn pull out all the stops. That's a phrase Literally. that comes from organ, uh-huh. oh. right? Pull it on the stop, make okay. it really loud. Yeah. And so if I ever practiced, I got to blast in that cathedral. You got to pull out all the stops. <laughs> nice. Yeah. nice. And if I didn't practice, I had to do a very quiet lesson <laughs> oh. on the organ. Because right. you can use really quiet flute stops, you know, and then you, but if you want it loud, you can pull out the reeds. Dun, da, da, da. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. So I studied and played organ the best I could. And, um, and when it was time to go to college, I, th- what else would I study? That was basically what it was. What else would I study? There was there, no there was, there was nothing other. Yeah. So I went to BYU. Um, I got a, um, a little scholarship to help um, because I had been, I had been trained very well in um, um, theory by Bob Cummings. Mm-hmm. He just wonderful teacher. And um, so I, I passed some some AP theory tests before I got to college, but, but you know, th- you you think you're you understand music, you don't understand music. I'm still I still don't understand music. There's so much. The more you learn, the more you don't know. You don't. The more you realize you have to learn. Yes, right? Right. So, exactly. Right. So um, I I just it was BYU has a great school of music. Yes. I learned so much, and. It, it propped me up to be able to go, oh, I, I have to continue learning. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, because the glory of God is intelligence, eternal intelligence, mm-hmm. and there's always more. So, um, yeah, so I studied organ in college. And then my I worked with um, Parley Belknap. He was a wonderful man. And then he passed away. Well, he passed away recently, but he retired, which is like passing away. I just said. Right. But then I had studied with Doug Bush. And he also passed away just recently from cancer. So I lost my two pedagogues. Do you mm. think, and we'll get back to where that side. took that's you to. that's a good place to be. We're right. going to take you to back to where you went to in Europe. But just, oh, just, right, just, right. just you. you saying that they passed away. The I think it's amazing. At church, we hear the organ. Yeah. But I think it's a lost art. Or it's at least dying, right? I mean, you I mean even know. piano. I mean, you don't even... I made my kids take piano. Good. They didn't want to. But if you, in my home, if you played a sport, you had to take piano. Right on. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. That's great, Denise. Because I, I have a that. piano and nobody else can play it. It is nice. a player piano. But um, there was a lot of resistance. And mm. when I say resistance, uh, there was Aww. protesting and anger. But um, <laughs> Jacqueline, Jacqueline was the only one that really took to it. Okay. But okay. everybody went through. They had a piano contract. Sure. It was a whole situation. <laughs> yeah, I don't mess. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> you want commitment, you hey, get a contract. Hey, parenting. You give them a taste of everything. Listen, you want to negotiate that contract? We can negotiate. <laughs> but this is one thing that's not negotiable. Yes. So they, they did it under duress. But I always felt like it was a skill that if they wanted to play any other instrument guitar anything else piano is the basis right yes it's just like the keyboard. one thing it, that you want to start out with and oh, yeah. so I played the flute and I went into that without any experience of music and I always regretted that I always mm. thought I would mm. love to have been able to play the piano it would have oh. given me a, an ability to understand the mm. theory behind everything mm. and and the whole mm. order of things mm-hmm. it's a lost art mm. as far as organ do you see anybody coming up in the ranks or like doing anything that you can see people are you teaching people right now yes you are yes i have some organ students and i play on occasion with pacific symphony for their family musical mornings Fun. oh we and used to go to those all yes, the time when cameron yes. was little that's such a great thing it's great oh they put on wonderful shows very yeah, educational very educational and more than educational inspirational yes mm-hmm. 
Pacific uh, Symphony is an amazing organization. Yes, they are. It's an amazing oh, organization. World-renowned. And yeah. they're based here them. in Orange County. They're they awesome. Are fantastic. And your, your yes. family has been associated with that group for a long time. No, your no. Mom. My mom is involved with the Philharmonic Society. Oh, the Philharmonic which Society. Which is another wonderful it is, society. It is. And mm-hmm. they sponsor a lot of music education yes. as well. Yeah. That's yeah, right. I know. Yeah. Aren't we so lucky We're in so Orange lucky. County? We yeah. have these yeah. wonderful we have so many, organizations. Yeah. yeah. Pacific Symphony does the family musical yeah. mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, <clears throat> sometimes uh, the Philharmonic Society organizes school children to come in and watch other programs as well. Mm-hmm. Just to give them a so, taste of yes. and exposed to something different. Yes. Yes. And um, I've, I've been told that a lot of kids' hearts are set on fire after they see, not only see, and hear that big organ in the Segerstrom Concert Hall. Yeah, something. It's the William J. Gillespie pipe organ, um, which was built by the Fisk Organ Builders Company from wow. um, the Boston area in Massachusetts. That's amazing. Yeah. And great. we have that here in Orange County. Yes. It is yes. really cool. What's your go-to when you're doing a performance like that and you really want to just like, as you said, put all, pull out all oh. the stops? <laughs> What's your go-to musical number that you play? Oh, well, well, people love Toccata and Fugue yeah. in D minor. And they just love it. And you know what? I want to give it to them. Yes. You know, it's kind of, it's, it's a little bit of a, okay, there's a, there's a cartoon meme joke. Um, okay, you know among... Uh, guitarists and you'll see a guitarist at oh it was even in um that movie uh you're at guitar center and the guitarist starts to play stairway to heaven (laughs) yeah and and he points at the sign no stairway to heaven (laughs) well there's a there's a cartoon out with vampires trying out keyboards in a keyboard (laughs) store and then it says no to cut (laughs) but you know what oh balderdash that it's a wonderful it's a wonderful piece and you must learn it if you try organ you have to and it's i just played it with i also with the pacific symphony family i also play with um their youth orchestras which is so great i I, i'm so happy for these kids learning from these great conductors Mm -hmm. i've worked with some really wonderful conductors next month i'm working with gregory whitmore and he conducts the the youth wind ensemble Mm. and i've never seen a conductor get kids to play in tune on wind instruments like greg can wow what? Um, yeah it's a how does it, how do you get someone to play in i tune? don't know he's a magician <laughs> this is He's somebody great. who well you played a reed instrument but I did she play was the a clarinet, clarinet. oh nice mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 flute over here it's mm-hmm. really we could really maybe put something together oh sometime. yeah the, the, the little two average girls jazz band <laughs> let's do that <laughs> That's great. That's great. I'll write some lyrics for you. Would you? That would be fantastic. Yeah. So, but you said you played yeah. in Europe. Oh, well, I mean, um, I, I've sampled some organs in Europe, but I went to, through BYU, I've done a study abroad. Oh, okay. Uh, at, in Vienna. No. I love Vienna. Yes. yes. I did a semester in Vienna. Oh, that's beautiful. And um, we, our, our classroom was literally a, a stone's throw from the Vienna Opera House, Staatsoper. <gasps> yeah. Oh, yes. It was, and and they had discounted tickets for students, so you could stand in the back and see operas and ballets and symphonies. So that whole semester, you could kind of just go at yes. will and see whatever yes. was happening there. Yes, and it schnitzel, and you Oof. know, Zachertorte, and Sounds yeah, great. just wonderful. And so I was fortunate enough to live. We were placed in different homes throughout the city. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't like the BYU Jerusalem Center where they're all living in the same area. Right. I was so blessed to live in a house that was just a walk from the Vienna woods. This is the same woods that Beethoven got lost in. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You walk in the you you take a walk in the Vienna woods for inspiration. You will hear music. <laughs> is that right? Yes. Beethoven got lost in the Vienna woods. That's amazing. <laughs> and if I and if I remember the story correctly, they you know, they found this crazy man wandering the woods and he claimed to be Beethoven. They didn't believe him for a while. Check check me on that. That's that's a story <laughs> I remember. Check. Let's just say it happened. Yeah. Yeah. We like that <laughs> okay, story. It's a good wow. story. Really good. Yeah. So um and then I experienced something very magical on <gasps> All Saints Day. Uh, November 1st no or was it November 2nd All Souls Day one of the two I took uh, the streetcar 
out to the cemetery. And the Vienna cemeteries, there's a few, but you've got, um, let's see if I remember, it was so long ago. Um, it was, I think Beethoven is buried there. Is Mozart buried there? If he's not, he has a, a monument. But a lot of famous composers are buried in Vienna. And you, you think about what does fall feel like, the lower angle of the sun, right? And especially in Vienna, Austria, cooler days. We were blessed with a magical cool day to here in Orange right, County. Yeah. We're so lucky. A little rain right this now. morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. and, um, and so I'm taking a streetcar and I had no idea that it would just be stuffed. There were people taking the streetcar to go visit the cemeteries. Really? On All Saints, on day, all Saints day. And All Souls Day. One of the two. I've, was long Interesting. Ago. Yes. yes. Okay. And it really, I felt that community and I felt you do feel the veil being very thin because people are thinking about their beloved dead. Hmm. And that and people here's the thing. I've studied a lot about Halloween history and people today say, you know, Dia de los Muertos, yes. the Day of the Dead, mm-hmm. the Mexican holiday. Yeah. And people's you know, some people nickname it the Mexican Halloween and then other people say, No, 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 that's that's incorrect. It's right. a totally different holiday. And I wanna say not so fast. <laughs> Go back further and you will see the connecting point where this was a holiday to think of your visiting dead all the way back to the Celts. See, when when I went to college, you start think I was a passionate, undisciplined musician. I just love music. But when you go to college, you start thinking, why do I like this? And so I, I went crazy in the library there and I started, I was so busy with all of my other work that I had to do in college, I started collecting um, Halloween, I would Xerox entire books, copy entire books and just compile it. And I, I told myself after graduation, you can study because I started to formulate you know, okay, I've got to do something with Halloween and music. And so so going back to Vienna, you feel this 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 thin veil and you start thinking about dead and dead people that you love and dead people who love you. I like to call family history dead people who love you. (laughs) (laughs) That's family history. Yeah. And they love you. Dead people love you and you love them. The more you read about them. One of my favorite apps on my phone is the family tree app. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And I have been scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And sometimes I scroll just to find really cool names and and years and and areas of birth. But other times I really go into getting to know these people. And I have a great aunt, never married, died from breast cancer at age 45. Mm. Her name was Hortense. Oh, that was her first name? Yes. Yes. Which means a gardener. Oh. Yeah. And, and very, very smart woman, ed- very educated, had a college degree when it was rare for yes, a woman sure. to even attend college, let alone have and, a degree. And her degree. sister, my great-grandmother, graduated from college, the University of Utah, in 1901. I graduated what? from BYU in 2001. Wow. Oh, is that kind of magical too? Yeah, that's very magical. Yeah. 1901 yes. though, yeah. a woman graduating from yes. college. She was probably yes. one of like three. Yeah, Elizabeth Spencer. Yeah. Good job, wow. Elizabeth Spencer. Yeah. She married Way to represent. Her, hus- her husband. Um, She's a trailblazer. Yeah, her husband was For the sure. mayor of Ogden. What? Really? <laughs> Frederick Abbott. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You come from a long line of... Educated. E- educate. Yeah. Every family. And that's the thing. Talking with a lot of people, you see that every family history line has its own distinct legacy. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I love to see what legacies other family his- family lines have. I it's- kind of am afraid to see what my legacy is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I have, I've gone down that little bit of that rabbit hole, and it's not, you know... There was no royalty. There's some bad things too. There was no really, I mean, I'm the first graduate of college mm-hmm. in my family. You're starting the legacy. There you go. Oh, there Sometimes we go. There's you have the to power start of bloodlines. It is. Yeah. There's a power and you can start and stop mm. legacies. That's Because you you know that movie um Hitch. Yeah, with Will yeah, Smith. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. love that movie. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the the date that he planned Mm-mm. for um 
Eva Mendez. No. Where they went, um, not, what's that? In the jet ski. Jet ski. No, uh, yes. Sea doing or sea doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. And then he takes her in to the archives of the area and, and um, the guard positioned the book open ledger records of immigrants and it was her great grandfather or something and he thought it was going to be a special moment and all of a sudden she goes ah (laughs) and she runs away because it turns out that he was a murderer Mm. right so yeah but that's that's the the intrigue and the the work of family lines but you have the power to stop bad legacies and start them. Yeah, and in studying Halloween history, a lot of our um, traditions that have trickled down over the centuries to us started with the Celts in the British Isle areas, and they believe it was called Samhain, spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Mm. Wow. So you think Samhain? No, it's Samhain, Samhain. right? And it means summer's end. Oh. And so it was the time of the year. It was the dark half of the year. And they believed on that night, which was October 31st into November 1st, they believed that night was the night that the veil between the worlds of the living and the dead was at its thinnest. And so their priests, the Druids, would um, they believed that that gave them extra powers. Like because the veil was so thin, they were they were working with borrowed magic, so to speak, from the the other side oh. to make predictions. Oh, yeah, divining. Yes, and so they would. Um, they would go in. In fact, it was a community organization, community, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. Halloween theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have a community bonfire, and all of the homes would put out their own hearths, and they would go to the bonfire, and the druids would cast their, you know, make their prophecies, do their divinations with loaned magic from the dead, and then everyone would realize. Oh, and it was a bonfire comes from bone fire right oh. that's the etymology <laughs> right, of that word okay. right so is the bones so interesting. i know it's so interesting and so and then they would relight their hearths from the community bonfire interesting and oh. and, and this is halloween used to be about not horror not gore can you guess what it used to be about what do people most want to know the future about when they're gonna die that's one thing <laughs> love Love. When will I ever will find I, love? Will I find love? Yeah. And so, hey, priest, um, hey, Mr. Druid, um, I know you're making prophecies about whether we'll have enough uh, enough food to make it through the dark half of the year, but while you're divining, could you let me know when I'm going to get married? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why I'm really here. And this trickled down through the centuries where Halloween was all about romance. Even, it, and it lasted, I saw it, it lasted up until maybe the 1930s, 1940s. You see it in a Bugs Bunny Halloween cartoon with which witch hazel turns into a very lovely bunny rabbit at oh, the very end, right? Yes. And she goes, happy Halloween. Yeah, of course. You know, and then Bugs Bunny's heart's pounding and then mm. they walk off and there's a big heart. And that's a Halloween cartoon from, I think, the 40s, uh-huh. right? And it was only like the 50s with like the creature of the the black lagoon or whatever and then you get halloween starting i've never seen the michael myers movies ever Mm -hmm. i have no desire but i know a lot of people love it and that's the thing halloween can be celebrated so many ways but Mm -hmm. i have found that i like to celebrate it looking at the history of halloween and so you you see english scottish that goes down through all the centuries where they're they're playing they're having their own harvest festivals and they play these divining games like um they would go pull turnips out of the, the their because they were rural people, right? Yeah. And they'd pull out the turnips. And if the turnip, for example, had some dirt clinging to it, that meant that they would marry a rich person. Oh, okay. Or if Let's it get was some a, dirt. <laughs> if it was like an a, a undeveloped turnip, they would ver- marry a very, you know, small spouse or what, you know, right. or an old spouse or something like that. It so, all had meaning yes, to it. Yes, yeah. that was Halloween. Interesting. Yeah. When How- did we in America embrace Halloween as we know it? Do you know that? Well, I feel like it's... It's an ever-evolving celebration. Yeah. Uh, but when did the kids start trick-or-treating, and why do we oh, do that? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of theories. Um, trick-or-treating, 
the theory that makes the most sense to me is back in where I've read about it, at least. I'm not the expert. you got to ask people like Leslie Bannatyne or Jack Santino. They've I, written books on Halloween history, oh, and well. they're fascinating to talk to. They've been on the History Channel, and I wow. read their books. I love them. I don't, uh-huh. think, I don't know yeah. if they'd want to be on our... Maybe, they, <laughs> I don't know. We could ask. We could reach out. Uh, yeah, yeah. For next year. Uh, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in in um, in the British Isles, for example, on All Souls Day, children would go around house to house begging for a hot cross bun. No, oh. actually, okay, that's a for, song too that right, you learn on right. your and you yeah. see the crisscrossing of holidays. Right, there's a lot of crisscrossing with Easter and Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another subject. That's true. <laughs> there's so many <laughs> pathways to go here, but um, and in exchange for a, a treat or a, a bread or whatever, they would say a prayer for that person's family in purgatory. Oh. which they believed were in purgatory. The, oh. They died before baptism or they, sure. whatever Something like the that. case was. And, and we as members of our church can see a corroded truth mm-hmm. from that, doing vicarious work for our dead. Right. Right? Right. I love finding shards of truth. Yeah. Fascinating. And so this is door to door. And then in places of like Ireland, you've heard of mumming? Mumming. Um, Lorena McKennett had a, um, a hit song a while back called the Mummers Song. And um, mummers would, they would dress up and they would perform, perform well, in, in this situation at least, they would go porch to porch and put on a small play or What would they dress song. up like? Anything? Um, it was more like um, just a, a mask okay, or, okay. you know, uh, some sort of cloak or something like that. And you somehow decorated, but a false face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they would perform. And then you can kind of see how Christmas caroling type of crisscross, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. So you you sing a song and you usually at Christmas time, oh, we, let me give you something that I've been cooking. You know, sometimes that happens. But nowadays it's more like I'll sing a song and give you cookies. You don't have to give me anything back. Right. You see how these traditions right. evolve and change. But yeah, so that's, I think those two practices are the forerunners of trick-or-treating. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. That I, mean? I love yeah. it. Yeah. Do you have a memory of a favorite costume? Oh, um, I loved being Tinkerbell. Nice. My mom made Tinkerbell wings. My mom is a great seamstress. Yes. I'm so we were so she's lucky very to talented have, human she's being. So is. talented human. She really such is such a talented human being. Uh, she would sew so many, and that's the charm of um, of Halloween from a generation ago when I was a child. Yeah parents would sew the costumes and That's I don't right. fault any parents today I would go to Costco and buy what they have you know 100%. And we're so time is so limited but I really feel, and that's kind of the magic, like this shows like Stranger Things coming out, idolizing the 80s. Yeah. You know, I was born in 76, so I grew up in the 80s. Yep. And and I got the I got the full-on mother-sewn costume, and she would get the, she got this light green nylon and made these wings. And you can see in our family picture how these Tinkerbell wings have been passed down from sibling to sibling. <laughs> oh my gosh, everyone got a yeah. chance to wear the Tinkerbell yeah. wings. What about you guys? What about your favorite costumes? You know... It, back in the day, we didn't have a place to even go buy costumes. You, and you had to come up with your own. You, you had, had to, to improvise. Come up, you had to yeah. improvise. Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> I don't remember having a favorite costume. I remember dressing up like a clown when I was a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't remember too much about Halloween for myself. I remember my own kids, uh-huh. but I don't remember Halloween yeah that much do you i do have some good halloween memories because i was obsessed with snow white when i was younger and mind you i was blonde for some reason until i was (laughs) about 10 or 11 very blonde you were blonde i was Uh, yeah i I was a toehead i was a tinkerbell how does that happen Uh, and now both of us we've got the same dark ruins everything it really does ruin i haven't dyed my hair for a long time (laughs) so i was obsessed with snow white Mm. my my mom made me Snow White costumes. She was a really good seamstress, wow. and she would make I didn't me know these Liz lovely. Could sew. <laughs> she would make these great Snow White costumes, and then in college, she sent me. I just got a box one day. And I opened it, and it was a full size adult Snow White costume she that made she it had for made. You? Yeah, and you I still have it. I do. It's still it oh. still fits. It's like you know, it's still. And that I went. Love. It's so great. I went and got a um, bird. And wired a fake bird and wired it to my finger because it was Snow White. (laughs) 
and all the all the forest animals come and land on her because she's so pure. Um, so yeah, so I I'm still obsessed with Snow White. I'll tell you, you go to Disneyland now here in Southern California, folks. We live literally 20 minutes from Disneyland, if that. Um, they have a costume shop there called the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Oh, yes, yeah, it is. It's yeah. so great. You know that? Yes, I went in there. It's too Recently. much. Recently, yes. And they have costumes ranging from, you know, um, I'm very, very affordable, like, you know, maybe 20 bucks. Mm. So you get Nothing's your tw- $20 at Disneyland. It was like 20 ish. And, and then they go up. You can buy the, the next version of the Snow White costume. And it's it's 50. <laughs> and then there's another version. And it's 80. And then there's the $300 version. Yes. I go in there every time. I drag my poor husband in there. And I just look at the Aww. Snow White costumes. And I tell him how lucky he is that we only had a son. Because <laughs> we would be, <laughs> there'd be no college fund. I would have bought all of those because I'm obsessed with Snow White. Have you oh. ever been Still Snow White am. as an adult? I have. Oh, I, I have. It. And I'm thinking about going as her this year. But Halloween is so it's, emotional. Right? Yes. There is an attachment. Yes. It's, I'm so glad you said that because I like feel very committed to being Snow White. You know, <laughs> yes. like, oh, I got to pull this off. So yes. yeah, that's my favorite costume. Oh, I love that. Favorite ever. Yeah, yeah. It, it's um, it's it's an emotional thing. And funny you should mention Snow White. My the first recording engineer that I worked with, I joked that he was a male Snow White because woodland creatures would come to his <laughs> window. He had trained a a blue jay to come for peanuts. No. And there was this this window right outside his mixing board, and the first time he says, "Oh, hey, stop just a second, look." see that bj and there's this bird that kind of tapped on the window and he's just waiting there and then um his name's gainer brunson i love him he's up in provo utah and he would go to his back door and he would hold out a shelled peanut yeah in his palm and this bird would just come he named it bj i said you are a male snow white i love it that's amazing (laughs) yeah your recording career is is pretty phenomenal you're a composer I'm a composer. Yeah, but on not just organ music. You compose... Halloween music. Halloween music. You <laughs> and have... church music. Because think about it. Church and graveyards, they go together. They go hand in hand. Yes, they do. You have a CD called Halloween Night of Spirits. It's my most recent physical album. And since then, I've released some digital singles. And I have one that should be coming out really soon. Great. So I'm hoping everyone will stay tuned. Come to my website, HalloweenCarols.com. I'm also on Facebook slash Halloween Carols. And I'm on Instagram at Halloween Carols. So I'll post when it, it's out. Mm-hmm. But it's I've already I've already let the cat out of the bag. The Halloween black cat out of the, out of the <laughs> trick-or-treat sack. Um, I, it, it's, going, it's my cover of... Garden of Magic, which most people know as Come Little Children. So, um, you know, uh, from the movie Hocus Pocus, Come little children, I'll take thee away. Do you know that? Have you seen Hocus Pocus? Yes, I but have. I, I, but I had to let you sing. That's I was like, <laughs> trying not to say anything. Uh, that's what Sarah Jessica Parker sings when she's trying mm-hmm. to bring the children. <laughs> yes. So I, everyone who loves Hocus Pocus loves that song. And yeah. I thought, okay, I have to do my cover. So I'm getting a Disney license because I love Disney. Want to do everything legal. Right. Sure. And um, so... Uh, but I'm doing my cover of it, so it'll be out pretty so soon. Fun. Yeah, so we'll have you'll we'll have all of the links to get right sure. to you yes. because it's so. Even when it's not Halloween, her music is beautiful. It's timeless. Oh, it's really, it really, it's strong. It feels good. It's positive. But back to Disney. I know that I read a little bit that you feel like your second home is the haunted mansion. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. I, I grew up at Disneyland. Yeah. I grew up at Disneyland. I know I'm I'm such a lucky Orange County kid. Mm-hmm. I, I I love that place and and it, after after Nightmare Before Christmas came out and they started doing that. You know, and isn't it astounding within the last 10-ish years how much Halloween celebrations have exploded? Yeah. yeah. Well, they've monetized, right? I, yeah. all of a sudden we've realized that and and that's when we were growing up, we didn't have that. We didn't have a party city. You uh-huh, know, you didn't have uh-huh. places where you could yeah. just go and find anything you needed to throw a party. Yeah. Now it's like, that's just, we just take it for granted. Yeah. Everything is 
if it's a holiday, I mean, Halloween was out in July, like right after yeah. the 4th of July, yeah, they had started yeah. having things come out. And I'm kind of a purist when it comes oh. to holidays. Mm-hmm. I don't start my celebrations until like the beginning of the month of that. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it, I, I didn't put my Halloween decorations up until the 1st of October. That's okay. I still love you. I know. I, I, I mean, I just had to, I have to like separate it and I'm not going to put okay. it in, in November. I'm going to yeah. put up my Thanksgiving. Yeah. And after Thanksgiving, I'm going to put up Christmas. Wow. Yes. I know. I know. I know it's, it's hard. It's crazy. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I can relate to a degree. I, people think I celebrate Halloween all year round and I do, but I, I love seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like I don't get my full Halloween fix unless I have fully experienced Thanksgiving. Christmas, yeah. New Year's, Easter. Makes you, you appreciate know, it. Fourth of July. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But I do, for me, September yeah, is the beginning of Halloween season for That's me. That's okay. You get two months. Yeah. I'll give you that because you deserve yeah. it. Yeah. But somebody like me, I just, you know. <laughs> but but I have a lot of people have written to me over the years. I have the most, I hate to call them fans because fans is just, I don't know, derogatory, but they are supporters and they are, I like to call them trick-or-treaters because <laughs> they trick-or-treat my personal music, trick right? or treaters yeah. and um they they say that they listen to it all year round and i said i'm so glad so awesome. i work on it all year round to give it to you so yeah you know. and um yeah i i they've been writing for many years my first my first cd came out in 2008 and for years people have said your music belongs in soundtracks your music belongs in movies and i'm saying it does i'm trying tell people yeah <laughs> so, yeah that's exciting it just takes time you it, are some of the i know you've worked with a lot of really great people engineers oh, and yes. and musicians yeah. and who are who are some of the standouts yeah well i have to tell you a quote i heard from marie osmond Love Marie. I never worked with or met Marie, but Mm -hmm. I think I'm sure she's lovely. But I I saw that she once said in an interview when asked, what's your secret to creating such great music? And she says, I surround myself with musicians who are better than I am. Yes. That is true. And I can say that for myself, too. I surround myself with musicians who are better than I am. And they lift me up. They teach me. We have... It's just fascinating. So um, I've worked with Steve Bartek and John Avila, who are both members of Oingo Boingo. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. First, Legit. first literally love Don't of you music. love Oingo Boingo? Oingo yeah. Boingo was, my dad got me concert tickets to <gasps> Oingo Boingo as a surprise. I went and saw them. What year? What year? I don't remember, but it was at the Irvine Meadows. Yes. It oh, was so a fun. while ago. Yes. But Oingo Boingo was like my thing. It it is every Orange County. Devo. Yes. I mean, stop <laughs> myself. I get so excited. Oh, my gosh. The touring drummer for Devo, Jeff Friedel, played on a few of my songs. Really? Yeah. Wow. He played. I love what he did on Zombie Ambiance. <sighs> he did a great job, and he played on Gust. And um, Steve Bartek played guitars for Jack-O-Lantern and Gust and Zombie Ambiance. And I even do an instrumental Steve Bartek, Zombies Around Steve Bartek version. Because most of my songs are rounds. They har- the melody harmonizes itself, like row, row, row your boat. Okay. And so if you listen to the Steve Bartek version, it's him playing the guitar, the melody overlapping itself in harmony. And so that's the special Steve Bartek. So Zombies fun. Around. Steve got Bartek, it. Got it. Yeah. So, um, and for those who don't know, uh, Steve Bartek is the main orchestrator for Danny Elfman, who is who's the lead singer of Oingo Boingo. Yeah. But Oingo Boingo doesn't tour anymore. But 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 a lot of the former members do. They put on shows all the time. Do and they? they're great. And um, Brennan, Brendan, Brennan, he he sings Danny's parts, and he is good. He is the brother of Bear McCreary, who does a lot of soundtrack. He did it for um, Walking Dead. And oh, okay. Anyway, but but Bren is a fabulous vocalist, and and um, those are big shoes to fill. Yes, Danny Elfman I know, is a legend. I know. So if you're a Danny purist, you would appreciate the Oingo Boingo former members for they, sure. Yeah. 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 So um, and then um, John Avila played bass on a song, and um, and I've uh, recently recorded with Madonna's guitarist Mounty Pittman. And I love Monty. And when you, if you ever work with Monty, you just realize why so many people want to work with him. Madonna's held on to him for years, and he is currently recording and touring with Ministry. Oh. Um, 
because he's so talented and he's so easy to work with. He's so real. Yeah. He's mellow, kind, never gets his feathers ruffled. And he's so chill. And and I'm kind of in studio. I can be a little, ah, ah, sure. you know, I can, this, this is, you know, picky, 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 picky. Well, he's just as picky as I am. Right. And which I appreciate so much because mm-hmm. you don't want to annoy people. But when you're in with other people who want to get it right. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's, you hang on to that. Right. And, I, and I'll say, hey, can you do this? And he's like, yeah. Not, not an eye roll, it. not a sigh, nothing. He's... I love Monty. Everyone should work with Monty. He's great. That's yeah. that's quite. I mean, that's just a smidgen of your resume. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If people want to find you and they want yeah. to download your music for Halloween, oh, can yeah. they do that? Yes. Um, um, my music is well. It's on Spotify. Okay. Okay. Um, all of my stuff's on Spotify. Um, my music is uh, for sale for download through my site. Right. And it's on Amazon, it's on iTunes, Apple Music. Awesome. All I, the places. I, yeah, all the places. It's just, if you write my name, Kristen Lawrence, Halloween, it'll pop it'll up. It'll pop up. Yeah. One thing that we ask all of our guests ah. at the end mm-hmm. is to give us a tag, a takeaway gift. Yes. Do you have something for us? I mean, you've given us a lot of little tidbits that yeah. I'm not going to look at Halloween this year quite the same same. no not the same i love i love the history behind it yeah i love knowing about it it's not just about gore and horror Mm -mm. it's about something bigger and something bigger really beautiful oh yeah i love that i yeah i i thought about it for a second and it really is my tag is dead people love you Well, best how, tag ever. Best tag, especially for this time of the year. This time you, of year. you have people on the other side who are rooting for you, cheering for you, who love you. And knowing that, it helps me keep everything in perspective. Life is hard. And everyone has a different sized plate and they have different things on that plate. And it is so difficult but when you when you pull back and you look at life and existence and that's what halloween is for me it stretches my mind to continually think about life and death and when you when you have those things in your mind on a constant basis you tend to make better decisions on a daily basis what do i want to be known for when i die right which could happen at any moment any moment we don't know no we don't we don't and and you have people who really love you if you've ever read a story about a grandparent or a great aunt i've never met great aunt hortense but just reading about her and then i learned from my mom that this this woman who never married highly educated taught my grandma her niece my nana how to read when she was four Do you know how much my heart swelled toward great aunt Hortense? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She dead people love us Mm -hmm. and I love dead people. (laughs) It is. It is really. Don't we love dead people? We do. (laughs) Yes. But we don't. I think a lot of people are afraid to think about death. Uh, Yeah. That's a little scary. It's it's, people get the unknown is a little bit Mm -hmm. scary. It is the unknown. Yeah. And and that's I think that's what Halloween celebrations are. It's a time to laugh about death macabre senses of humor yeah. right black humor really dark senses of humor when you bring that in it's it's um i think it's a time to it's a swirl it's a swirl of silly and serious mm-hmm. i said that once in um in a in a book it's silly and serious yeah and and we we have to let off steam it's for, for <laughs> sure <laughs> right especially now yeah, right and yeah. so uh, yeah there's a time to seriously contemplate death and there's a time to party and you'll see the gamut of of that across my music my songs are all different creations they don't sound like they each other they are they're serious songs very contemplative songs and there are some very silly wild fun party songs so yeah that's i think halloween gives a home for everything and that's why i love halloween as my genre because i can write any genre zombie ambiance is like a new orleans type of jazzy blues song you know and witch of the salem town is like old celtic rock and vampire empire is like baroque classical and halloween has a place for that Hmm. when you're sitting there and you're listening to other music or you're sitting there and you're just contemplating does music just come to you uh, how do you how do you get that 
Hmm. How do you find that? What's the process, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. tapping into it is, yeah, sometimes it chooses me. Sometimes it comes to me. And I, because I've been given these talents, I, I obey. Like I've, mm-hmm. uh, if I have a, a tune that comes to me, I have to stop and write it down, or else it'll flitter away. I've had music come to me in dreams, oh. uh, where and and it is, it's it's a stewardship of sorts. It is. I, I, agree. I it is hard to get out of bed <laughs> at who whatever hour in the morning, and 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 write it down mm-hmm. because it won't be there when I wake up, and so. <sighs> Yeah. Do you I, have a notepad next to your bed? I huh. Yeah, and that's <laughs> and, and my piano. I have a, a little upright piano at the at the end of end of my bed. Oh, really? You do? Yeah, yeah. So, so you'll just noodle around mm-hmm. if something comes to you, mm-hmm. even in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's so amazing. A lot of times, it co- um, I knew that this would happen if I asked her that. I knew <laughs> that she would have this because you exude this oh this is oh, who you are oh denise thanks no it is well, yeah it is um, apparent oh thanks um the, yeah there was a little tune inside of um jack-o'-lantern it's a little it's a little theme that i put into it and it that came to me in a dream and so it sounds dreamlike. It, it does I, sound dreamy. I can't, yeah, so I had to write it down. I'm like, you're going to fit in some song somewhere. So, yeah, I get dreams. But you know what really helps the most is showering. <laughs> Just the water and, the, and well, that. Well, it's, it's a psychological. Calming. I don't have to answer the phone. Yep. I don't have to answer the door. I don't have to obey anything yes i don't have to do anything for all for you it's my time and and your your subconscious knows that and it just relaxes i've heard it and after i realized that this was one of my methods i found there was a famous filmmaker who takes several showers a day (laughs) to get inspiration because that's when his ideas come yeah sounds great yeah a few years ago i was invited to um accompany a silent movie phantom of the opera Love the it. 1920 whatever silent the, version. the og one yeah and mm-hmm. i had never done it before but when i was invited i thought uh, i'm not allowed to say no like the universe no. and god <laughs> were saying you must say yes to this yeah i don't know what i'm doing but most of the themes came to me in the shower oh yeah yeah fascinating mm-hmm. and so i get right out and you know write them write them down and um while my skin is still dewy yeah yeah you gotta get to <laughs> and, it yeah and then and then other times i just think okay I, or going for walks going for bike rides because when the body's in motion you get a lot of ideas too mm-hmm. but other times i'll just sit down and think okay there's something or when i'm brushing my teeth i'll come up with like a little rhythm well, that's a good rhythm and then <laughs> come go and write something and i, I don't know love it or, yeah so you just have to tap in and sometimes the well is dry yeah sometimes it's just not time right and you have to be patient and kind with yourself and i'm not perfect at being patient and kind with myself no. none of us are mm-hmm. right but um i try to be every day and then just tell myself Okay, so it's not coming today. I can work on other things. Like when you when you get down to orchestrating and arranging, right. that can get very technical. Like it's two minutes of inspiration and two months of labor. <gasps> oh, right. Yeah. So it's That's labor. It's labor because you know what it needs to be. You just have to do it, and only you can do it. And that's yeah. it's a marathon. That is yeah. amazing. I think we take for granted how hard music is to come up with we we listen to music all day long on our radios Mm, through different Mm. avenues and what that took because we're just seeing the finished product right you know and so but i think we know a lot goes into it but really the step-by-step of it you're talking about two months working on the same or more (laughs) or less i mean it depends but i just you know it just takes time and my back gets sore sometimes I have to because I I still write out by hand sure I I don't think very well on the computer mm-hmm. and I know the way of the future is composing on the computer and I'm I'm trying to get better at that but I just think better with a pencil and paper yeah it, you know and it's whatever works a, for it, you well right. and I've read psychological studies that there's something about physically moving a pen or a pencil on there a paper is. that it does things in your brain why well, have yes yeah. yeah 
Yeah. And I'm pointing so, to my organizer. Right. right. Yeah. Paper so I organizer. have, I have my staff paper and my pencil. And so I'm, I'm orchestrating and working it all out. And you know, I'm not Bach or Mozart or I, I don't do it on <laughs> my, on, sometimes I can do stuff on the table, but a lot of times I have to check it out on a keyboard. Sure. And so my back will get sore. And yeah. so there's times where I'm, I push my bench away and I'm, I'm on my knees so oh my, my back can be a little more straight, you yeah. know, and then my knees get sore. <laughs> and so then I have to sit back on my back. I mean, it's labor. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's physical labor. Intensive. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of work and my shoulders and neck get really sore. Well, but it's a labor of love. It is. Yeah. And the product, yes, it yes. cannot be denied. Once you're done with it, we all, we thank you. Oh, it's so great. And We're going to give you. our listeners a sampling of your music. And of course, let them know all the places where they can contact you and find more of your music yes. so we'll have all of those links on our instagram and our facebook i'm ann police and i'm denise cooper thank you so much for joining us Kristen. thank you it has been lovely so today we were two average girls with an above average guest oh, yes appreciate for it. sure almost yeah. all of our guests they are exceed way above us that's true <laughs> aren't you kind thank, thank you, you so much for joining us thank you. you can find us on all of the usual places the two average girls podcast is on spotify it's on amazon it's on apple it's on google be sure and uh, rate review and subscribe also uh, check us out on instagram and facebook two average girls podcast and give us a like we'd love to hear from you until next time take care Thank <laughs> you.